This is Conversation with the Cooks, presented by Husker Sports, a monthly podcast with Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. On this edition of Conversation with the Cooks. Yeah, four great practices. Then I get a call from Pat Logston saying, uh, hey, you either need to cancel practice or go light. (laughs) I'm like, Pat, we've never had a light practice in my entire coaching career. What do you mean light? (laughs) She goes, well, football's just just running around only helmets. I'm like, okay, well, well, (laughs) we don't wear helmets. Now, here's your host, Lauren Cook. Year two, conversation with the Cooks. Thank you uh, from myself, and I know Coach Cook, you're thankful as well, but thank you to everyone for just your continued support and tuning in or viewing these podcasts every month, or these episodes every month, our podcast. We just, we really appreciate it, and we have a lot of fun doing this together, and it's good father-daughter bonding, right? Absolutely. And without your support, we couldn't keep this going. So thank you for a great year one. Here we are in year two. I want to know if you could use one word to describe how the past year has been podcasting with me, what word would you use? Um, Trying to get over my anxiety of having confessions. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's like 10 words. (laughs) Okay, so anxiety maybe? Uh, No. Anxious? Um, No, this is uh, uh, energizing. Energizing. Okay. I like that. Love that. I just want you to know, I have my coach cook green smoothie with me today in honor of you. I'm impressed. I I know. Followed the recipe that the training table provided, I think on their Twitter account. And it's pretty good. It's the first time I've had it. We just got shut down on the training table. So no smoothies. I know we're going to talk about that. And I also want to explain you're back up in the mountains, which is why we're not sitting side by side, the format that you, if anyone tuned in last, last month, uh, the format we were side by side, now we're back on the Zoom call. Because you're up in the mountains due to just everything going on and the season being canceled for the fall. So we're gonna, we're gonna get into that. But before we do, I'm still reeling from Yellowstone last night. <laughs> I, it took me like a solid 30 minutes after the, the season finale ended for me to like catch my breath, calm down, like try to figure out if they're going to have a season four, what season four is going to entail. Were you all worked up? Not really, Lauren, because uh, up here at your brother's house, he doesn't have TV. So we're trying to stream it. it the sound wouldn't work. It was all off. So it was so anticlimactic. But the cell phone, I think, is going to be a key saving John Dutton. So, well, yeah, because um, the, the bullet, it showed a, yeah. well, we don't want to give it away for people who haven't seen it. So, <laughs> so go, anyway. Go watch Yellowstone. Go watch the season finale. And you know what? I, I read if they do come out this season four, which I'm assuming they will because it's so popular, it won't happen until next summer. So summer right. 2021. Right. So we have to wait a whole year. Right. Well, yeah, eight, eight nine months. Nine months, I guess. Or I ten months. Ten yeah. months, yeah. I can't wait that long. I've read a thing. They're already, they're already starting on it. Oh, so on filming? Yeah. They film in the fall. Oh. Well, you notice they always have jackets on. You can see a little light snow in the mountains. Yeah. And the leaves are all pretty colors. Yep. Okay. Uh, I also want to explain the guest setup. I know we talked about bringing on a guest for each episode in year two, but it's not going to happen this episode. And that is solely because of how much we have to cover with 
everything that has transpired over the past few weeks, I guess in the month of August with your season being moved, decisions that have been made. So we just have to talk through all of that. And I know Husker Nation really, they have questions, they want answers, they want to be informed. They've heard a lot about what's going on with football, but I feel like we, we haven't seen a lot about what's happening with volleyball. So we're going to talk about all of that and um, get Husker Nation's questions answered. So you ready? Well, Lauren, I'm just worried that social media is going to start blowing up. You're going to get blown up because we're not having a, you know, a guest on. So people were <laughs> super fired up about that. So I, I, I'm just right now, as soon as this is coming out, I, the thing's going to be blowing up, probably shut down Twitter. No, fans do, did want to hear about how you reasoning behind why you want a spring season and your thoughts on a spring season. So we will be covering one of the topics that was requested. We just won't have Russ on, but Russ, fingers crossed, will be on the next episode. Okay. Okay. So, so wait for Russ next month or another exciting guest, but I promise we will have a guest on next month. Okay. So just talk us through this past month and what has happened. I know they made a decision. Well, you guys tell us how you started the month of August with I mean, you were practicing like you were having a season and then take us through when some of these decisions were made, how you were informed, and then kind of what you did with the girls and your staff and where you guys are at now. Well, we, of course, had all of our players back in the summer. We went through our summer and got them peaked, ready to go to start training in August. And we started off, had four great practices. When did you start? Night, August, August 5th? August 4th? Like August 5th, yeah. Okay. So anyway, we're... Geared up, machines rolling. You were Forward. impressed too. You, I Forward. remember you come. You were telling me like the girls look good. Yeah, four great practices. And then I get a call from Pat Logston saying, uh, "Hey, you either need to cancel practice or go light." <laughs> I'm like Pat. We've never had a light practice in my entire coaching career. What do you mean light? <laughs> She goes, well, football's just, football's just running around only helmets. I'm like, okay, well, well, we don't wear helmets, so how are we going to go live? So anyway, by then the girls were all worked up and because they were reading on social media. So I just said, okay. I asked the captain, do you guys want to practice today? They go, no. So we shut it down. And then uh, I went into uh, planning mode for plan B. And because we weren't in school yet and we still had a couple weeks and anticipating we were going to have a spring season, I just immediately shut everything down, told the players, uh, if you want to go home, now's the time to go because who knows when we'll have a break. We might have a break. At, we'll have some time off at Christmas. Uh, that'll be our next break, and it could be a long year. So we're going to give you time to take a break right now. So they were all literally in the next day were all on their way home. All the announcements came out that, Fall was canceled and we're looking at spring and and uh, so we want to give them time off and then the first week of school was also online so they could still stay at home that week and of course uh, starting on August 24th they have classes in the classroom some of them some of them are still going to be all online but uh, everybody's back or on their way back and we'll start training uh, on August 31st. Okay so you are going to begin training on August 31st. What will that look like? What we are anticipating, we haven't been told officially, but typically with the way the spring goes, which we never do because we play beach, you're allowed eight hours per week. So four of that can be in the gym, four of that can be in the weight room. 
So we're actually going to start off going about six hours a week in the weight room, two hours in the gym, and then we'll start transferring that to a four to four ratio. And then on, actually, Lauren, I just went through it all today, but on October 26th, we'll start what we call our 20 hours per week. We get six weeks of 20 hours a week, just like you're in season. And we'll start that on uh, October 26th and go all the way to when the final four would have been played, which was December 19th. And we'll take a break for finals over Thanksgiving. I want you to be honest with me. What was your initial reaction when you heard that the season was going to be pushed to the spring? Were you relieved? Were you, you know, a little upset? What, give me your honest, honestly, what, how you felt and what your reaction was. I was relieved because we knew we were starting practice and we didn't know, we didn't, we didn't have a schedule. So you're starting practice. You don't even know what your schedule is. And we're supposed to start in, you know, three, three weeks. So it was actually a relief just to know, okay. And, and I was saying in all the meetings that I was a part of, what would be easier waiting till February to start a season and trying to figure everything out and get everything down by then, or trying to start a season in three weeks with, with all the unknowns that we have. So for me, it was a relief because as you know, I, I like to plan and have a master plan and going day to day, not knowing, I mean, it's, changing by the day, you know, and that, that was the thing that what frustrated football and all the football fans was they got a schedule and six days later, they canceled the season. We hadn't even got a schedule yet. So that, so you can imagine the pent up frustration and everything with all that. And now we can at least plan and make a plan for this fall right now that we can control and we're in charge of. And, you know, we gave our players time off, which I didn't want to do because they were in great shape. We had several players break records uh, in the per- performance index testing. We had seven, was it seven players got in the 2000 point club. So we were really happy with what they did in the summer with everything going on. So we felt like we got to a really good place, but you also have to factor in, they've got to have breaks. You don't want to burn them out because if we go all the way to April, May for a championship, it could be a really long year. How did the girls react? And then how did your staff react? Uh, my coaches were, they were loving it. We were loving being in the gym. We were loving being in practice. The girls were loving it. But also I think our, our players were also, I think more, especially, and again, I didn't talk to our freshmen. They don't know any different. Uh, but talking to our seniors and our captains, I think they were like me. They, they were relieved to know that, okay, we're, we're just not going through the motions right now, you know, wondering if we're going to play. And that was the other big worry was, and I think this is with our seniors especially, we're going to start this season and play, and then it's going to get canceled. And then is that, is that it for their senior year? And that was the big worry. That was the fear that the biggest fear was we're going to get started. Maybe Nebraska's okay, but all of a sudden everything else starts shutting down, and then we have to stop our season. So at least now we have several months to prepare and, and to figure out COVID more and see what happens with the students coming back. And that was my other big worry was when all the students returned to campus, what was that going to do? So we have three freshmen living in the dorms. We got them all out. They're, they're living out, off campus right now until we figure out if this is going to be an outbreak and students are going to not party and, you know, create outbreaks within the dorms and on campus. That's why you see the chancellor pleading with everybody 
be safe, but you, you're also seeing other schools shut down because they're having parties, they're kicking people out. And it's, it's just really, it's a really tough deal. So we're just, we're trying to be as protective as we can. I do have to give you credit because back in, I think it was maybe March, I was asking you if you thought you were going to have a season this fall. And you said, you know, I really think that they're going to move it, end up moving it to the spring. And I mean, you were predicting that back in, you know, this last spring that this was all going to happen. So I think the reason you and your staff and your players took this so well is because you had prepared them. Hey, this is a strong possibility and this is likely what's going to happen. So I think that, you know, going into the training this summer and, and into your first few practices for the fall, I think they all kind of were prepared for their season to be canceled and then move to the spring. Yeah, we, we've been trying to work hard on our mindset because otherwise you just, you're going to be so disappointed. There's going to be so many ups and downs. So just trying to create that mindset. And it really goes back to how we train and how we approach competition is we're just going to focus on one point at a time or winning that next drill or win the day. And we're not worried about what's going to happen tomorrow because we don't know and it's out of our control. So, uh, you know, again, I've got, we've got a veteran team and our three freshmen are like veterans, uh, Ani, uh, Kaylin, and uh, Keolani. I mean, they're so mature and they fit so well right into our group. So they, they handle it really well too. Speaking of the seniors, I know you've had some chats with them and they just, the NCAA just came out and said that they're going to grant all seniors an extra year of eligibility, regardless. I mean, they could play this spring and then still come back in the fall, correct? Next fall? Yeah. So Lauren, it's not only the seniors, it's everybody. So everybody, everybody gets another year. So wrap your head around that. Okay. Question A. <laughs> so you're a, you're a high school junior right now or a high school senior. And all of a sudden the whole team or even a high school sophomore and all of a sudden Nebraska and every other college team Everybody just backs up one year on the clock. Okay. I, I thought it was just seniors. That's interesting. Because a lot of, a lot of pl- high school players will make decisions on where to go to school based on who's graduating and what spots will be available. So I guess question A is mainly since the seniors are the ones who are going to be graduating, do you know, will any seniors be back or anybody from the senior class be back for fall of 2021. And then well, question B, how does this affect your, yeah, the classes that you recruited, especially, I mean, you have a stud 2021 class, an amazing 2022 class. I mean, you have some really good classes coming in. Have you talked with, with those players and are they still planning on coming to Nebraska? What's, give us the situation there. Well, I'll answer the B first. Yes, we've talked to all of our recruits and we've reassured them that nothing changes and they're, I think they're all really excited to get here. And we're planning on having some come as early as January. Can you say who's coming in January? No. Well, I could, but I would get fired. So Can I say who's coming in January? And how am I going to, you know, pay your phone bill if I get fired? So So anyway, um, that's that issue. So we've got that kind of resolved and talked to those guys they, obviously they've had a lot of questions now our seniors I don't know I think it's going to determine on what kind of spring season we have and probably one of your questions you're going to ask me is what's the spring going to look like and the NCAA said they want to have a fall a spring championship and have an NCAA championship 
that they want to have a reduced championship. So they've thrown out only 16 teams, 32 teams with all automatic qualifiers. That means only one team from the Big Ten would get in. You Which want is to see joke. an uproar about that. Yeah. Well, because then you have a team from a lower-level conference that can't even hang in the Big Ten conference, and they get in. Let me ask you this question. How, is, how are we going to have a championship if, if conferences like the SEC – Big 12 are still practicing right now and planning on having a season this fall. Will they also have a season in the spring and then have a championship then, or will they have a championship or there's not going to be a championship in the fall. Right. Right. So how did, what does that look like for conferences who are planning on having a season this fall? So under the rules, you're allowed 28 play days. Basically that's what a season is, is 28 competition days. So I think what those conferences are going to play are going to play about nine to 10 matches this fall, which will leave them 20 in the spring. Right now, if we go conference only, we're shooting for 20 conference matches and then a tournament. So they're just going to get extra matches. Are the coaches that aren't playing in the fall happy about that? I don't think so. But uh, you know, they can do what they want. And um, so that's, they're going to have a little bit of advantage. I'm going to back up. You said that some incoming freshmen from the 2021 class will be here in January. That is the plan as of today. Yeah. But you can't say who. Right. I mean, how does, how does that affect your spring season? You're going to have, you have this stellar returning team with a lot of veterans and then you have some really good younger players coming in. I mean, you're going to have some competition in your gym. Yeah. It's, you know, and like I said, wrap your head around all this. This is going to be roster management nightmares. And, uh, you know, I was talking to Wisconsin coach. They have six seniors, you know, that start and play. Retke, Hilly. Yeah. I mean, he's he's got a loaded senior class and yeah, we do too. I mean, we have four, four seniors that have played and are all Americans. And uh, so it's, it's going to be really interesting. And so to answer your question, I don't know what our seniors will do. The good news is for the freshmen that come in, you know, but here's the, here's the choice. Do they stay at home and try to play club? They don't even know they're going to be able to play club. They haven't been playing volleyball and some of them are coming from states that aren't playing fall high school volleyball. So they're going to go almost a year without playing volleyball. So to me, it's a no-brainer to get to college. Worst case, you go through practice training, they're going to make our gym better, and it doesn't cost them a year. And they can, if they're good enough to play, they can play. So, yes, there's going to be a lot of competition. There's going to be some roster management challenges for all, all volleyball coaches and, and fall sports. And especially, I think football could end up having a whole nother recruiting class, you know, next fall above and beyond the 150 guys they already have. So there's going to be a lot of tough decisions, conversations. You're going to find out who really wants to play. But I, I you know, with our, with Lexi and Lauren, they graduate in December and that creates a whole nother issue for them. They potentially going to have to stay in school for another year. To, to be eligible to play. So we're working on some options, which we can talk about in a later podcast for um, options for them on how they can manage post-graduation 
and still play volleyball at Nebraska and, and go through a meaningful full season. Because for them, you might think, oh, they're seniors, so they get their deal. But for them, you know, they're trying to get pro contracts. Right. So as you know, Lauren, it's like the guys trying to go in the NFL or NBA. If you're not playing for a year, your stock's going to go way down. And, and, you're, and we're talking, these guys are going overseas for contracts. Well, if they don't see us playing in the Final Four, you know, in big matches and haven't seen them play for a year, they're not just going to be firing off contracts to these guys. So there's a lot riding on the line for them as well. I think someone brought up the example of Joe Burrow. I mean, no one knew who he was over a year ago, and then he had this amazing senior season, and he's a number one draft pick and, you know, making all this money and has really established a name for himself. So just think about if we were to rewind and this were to happen, you know, over a year ago, he wouldn't have the, you know, notoriety that he has now. Right. I think that's a great example. And, and it applies to volleyball too, because these girls are trying to get pro contracts or go to the national team. I mean, it's an Olympic year next, uh, 2021, next summer. So there's a lot on the line. There is a lot on the line. And, you know, I was, I'm, not, and I'm so proud of Lauren and Lexi because both of them, Lauren improved her vertical. I mean, think about it. She's been here almost five years now, and, and her vertical went to an all-time high. Lexi went up almost 300 points on the performance index test and had a, map, a personal record for her performance index. So here's, you can tell those are two players that are really motivated and overcame all the COVID challenges, worked really hard, and they get to this point, and it's all shut down. But – you know, as you're, you're, when you're a senior, you know it's your last shot. And, and if you're trying to get a contract to play after college, you know you got to have a great senior year. So for them, there's a lot on the line. And uh, it's going to be really interesting how all this shakes out. But you're right. Potentially, we could have our practices could be like Big Ten matches. Yeah. I, it stresses me out just thinking about the competition that's going to be in that gym. And you guys yeah. having to, you know, manage all these rosters and it's going to affect you for the next few years. And, oh, maybe, yeah, yeah. So, it, you know, the strong will survive and the, the cream will rise to the top. And as a coach, you love the idea of potentially having a high, really high level gym. I mean, that's what makes coaching really fun. I mean, there's a lot of great things about coaching, but, you know, when you're going to practice in a super high level, I mean, that's, that's the ultimate I'm stressed out and you're back there just living your best coaching life. Like, yeah, I have all this great competition in the gym. I can do all these amazing drills. Last thing about the spring season, last question. Uh, well, this is a two-part question. The first part is you've harped about this for the past few years, about how you want to move volleyball to the spring. Actually, this is a three-part question. So why do you want to move it to the spring? Why is spring better than fall? And then question number two, how does it affect the beach season? Does that just go away for you guys? Or do players have the option to play beach or play indoor? And then question number three, do you think that the spring season is even possible? Or do you think this is going to take a lot of time and we're going we're to be, you know, treading water for a while because no one knows what's going on and it's just too difficult to make a decision and it's going to happen like how the fall did where we, you know, back in the spring we were talking about, okay, how can we make a fall season work? And then decisions weren't made and it ultimately got postponed. Do you think the spring season will get postponed as well? Well, I, I think we have a lot better chance playing in the spring than we did in the fall. And it's going to depend on how this thing goes, how the winter goes. 
vaccines and all that stuff. So, you know, there's a lot of pro sports going on right now. Like the Tour de France is getting ready to go. There's pro sports all over. Tennis is going. They're all in bubbles. I know. And so can we create some type of bubble? And by next spring, we may be able to figure that out, how we can do that. Because I know this, football is trying to do that. They're trying to figure out how they can bubble up and, and go. So, uh, and, and the testing is going to get better. And already this, this week, they came out with a saliva test. It's immediate. It's three bucks a person. So that was, in, was another big concern is how do we test all these athletes? And this is what the problem with the NCAA fall championships. They would have had to have done, I think, for, for fall championships, something like 86,000 tests, you know, at $100 a pop. And then, you know, you're taking away tests from people that may need it. So it was mind boggling. And then I think if you throw in all the other divisions, it was over 200,000 tests. So just getting rid of that is a big stress. Now we get the saliva test, for example, that's going to make an easier path to have a spring championship. So I think our odds are a lot better. And I think we're working toward that. And I feel pretty confident that we can have some type of spring. Moving volleyball to the spring, I've been promoting that for about 15 years. The reason I think volleyball is best in the spring is, one, it gets us away from football. And right now we have a big issue. If we have football, a lot of schools on the same day as a volleyball game and a football game, they have to move the volleyball game. So Nebraska, we pull it off because we're Nebraska. And, you know, our, our fans love sports. They have no problem going to a football game and then a volleyball game. And our event people have no problem making that happen. We can pull it off, but there's a lot of places that don't and don't want to. So it gets us away from football. The other thing is volleyball is only 12 scholarships. So and if you scholarship a libero, that means you only have 11 players really, you know, to scrimmage. Because, um, you know, if you think about a team, you got a team and then a libero. So it's really seven players that are playing. Well, if and we have to rely on freshmen. So now, like this year with going to the spring, we love it. We get to train now all fall, train our freshmen, develop our players. So I think you're going to see a lot higher level volleyball in the spring than normally in the fall because and probably starting off right away. I think the level is going to be really good because all these coaches and programs have had a chance now to develop players for four months. So I think it would help that in the spring, there's also a lot less competition for TV, for media. Just think of all the opportunities for all those things to develop and blossom with volleyball when you get away from football. And then eventually in the spring, you'd get away from basketball. So April, May would be baseball, softball, track, and volleyball. And so there would be a tremendous opportunity, I believe, for TV, for promotion, and, and helping. Now, we, we sell out, but it would help all these other programs. You don't have to choose between basketball and football. And, and you got to remember, Lauren, basketball starts practicing August, October 1st. They start games in middle of November. And if you watch the TV schedule for volleyball in the Big Ten, there's matches on all the time. Once we get to November, you're watching Ohio State men's basketball play, you know, Iona on a Wednesday night or a Saturday. And then you got all these football games. And then you go into playoffs and NBA, hockey, football, basketball. And then, then you try to have a Final Four right before the Christmas. To me, it's nuts. Do all this in the spring. Then you've got a Final Four in early May, mid-May. What, what else is going on? In front of the Indy 500, 
you know, NBA is kind of wrapping up. Football's over. It's just Baseball. so many, you know, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know, to me, there is just a way better schedule. So then everybody says, okay, what do we do with beach? Well, you move beach to the fall. So beach starts in August, September, October, and everybody who wants to do beach can do beach. Right now, Big Ten, we're the only school in the Big Ten that does beach, and we're the farthest west and the farthest south of all the Big Ten schools, so we technically have the best weather. So we promote that and recruit that. We're the warm weather school of the Big Ten, but everybody in the Big Ten could do beach. Everybody who lives in the north could do beach, because if you did it in the fall, you would have the weather that you could do it. And right now, you cut out the top half of the United States because of weather. So by, by having beach when, when it's in the, you know, starts in March, April, and ends in early May. So if I was commissioner for the day, put me in charge and we'll make that happen. Yeah, maybe that's life after volleyball. You'll become a Big Ten commissioner. <laughs> yeah, I think that's happening. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it makes a lot of sense. It does. I agree with you. Another big announcement that happened last week, which you touched on this when we – uh, the very beginning of this episode was Bill Moose uh, said, you know, we're shutting down the training table. We're furloughing employees, cutting salaries. Any of your staff members been furloughed? No, no. Okay. How do you feel about closing down the training table? Cause to me, the training table is essential, especially if you're still having athletes on campus, they're still doing, you know, maybe it's not 20 hours of training a week, but it's still eight hours and it will eventually work up to 20 hours. But, he said the training table shut down through December. So what are they supposed to do for meals? You know, how do you, trying to balance schoolwork and then training and then workouts and then you have to go home and cook yourself your own dinner? That's a, so first of all, the furlough part, you know, I think anybody who was working in have, when we're having events and now there are no events for falls. So that was kind of the group that we got furloughed. You know, otherwise we're still recruiting. We still got stuff going on. We're still training. So uh, for us, it's a normal spring, but it's flipped to the fall. The training table is like a punch in the gut. And again, we're trying to save money. So the athletes still will get money in their scholarship checks. They'll get money put back in that normally is taken out to run training table. So they'll still have that money, but they're going to have to learn how to cook. So I think it's beautiful. Or they're going to be going to a lot of fast food places. Which That's is not what I worry about. Yeah. And so they're going to have to learn how to be athletes and learn how to take care of themselves, learn how to cook, uh, eat right. If they cheat the system, it'll, you know, as we say, complacency will come back to collect. And so we're going to do a big educational part. And Nuwani, our nutritionist, educates them anyway. But it makes it so much easier time-wise and everything to have that training table. And I really hope that I think what's going to happen is our athletes are really going to learn to appreciate the training table now that it's taken away. And I think some of them take it for granted and, you know, don't go to meals all the time. Of course, Nebraska volleyball, they pay for it if they skip a meal. They have to physically pay for it. Uh, I mean, financially pay for it. We, we make them pay that, whatever that cost of that meal was. I think it's are going to really appreciate it. You know, the other thing that we'll miss is, is the social part because that is a you know it's like having a family meal every day and we have meetings over there and sit with our players and all that's taken away as well so like i said it's a punch in the gut is mom gonna have to make you lunch little <laughs> paper sack lunches every day 
Yeah, that's what or I'm planning on. Or maybe then, we should get you a lunchbox. Yeah. <laughs> a cute little lunchbox. Yeah. A, maybe a Pearl Jam lunchbox. <laughs> that would be awesome. And when you, when you open it to take out your sandwich, it plays Pearl Jam music. Yeah. That's a, that's a great idea right there. I wonder yeah. if those exist. Love it. So what would, if, if mom had to pack you a lunch, what would be in that lunch? Well, I actually yesterday made my own lunch, peanut butter and jelly, and boy, my stomach wasn't ready for that, because I'm used to having salad, smoothie, uh, <laughs> so, so I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking about having, you know, with all the, what are those Yeti cups and those, well, I don't know what they else they call them, yeah. Yeah, right there, is that a Yeti? Yeah. You can, you can make a shake in that thing and take it for lunch, so I'm probably gonna have to fire up, I think, we're looking at a new new blenders. Uh, Costco has some pretty cool ones. So get a blender, make smoothie, and then probably take the salads. I've so. heard Vitamix is a great blender for smoothies. Okay. Well, there. Like I said, we we looked at Costco the other day, and they had. I got to research a little bit more, but now now we know uh, what we got a semester of making our own meals. So training table won't open until twenty twenty one. Right now, it's shut down to the end of the year, so we'll see what happens in January. And again, it's all going to depend on if we are playing sports. So the next hope right now is basketball can start in December, and they've got a great window because we get out of school end of November. So essentially, basketball can bubble for almost maybe seven weeks because school's out. So they can bubble those guys. Basketball coaches are working on how to play. So that's great. Now we got to figure out how to get football playing. And I love the idea of football playing in the winter. We're starting in January. And again, they can, we can bubble at Nebraska. We can bubble the month of December with all of our sports that are playing. And uh, I, I love the idea of them playing in indoor stadiums in the Big Ten. That would be awesome. It would be awesome for TV. If they can have fans, it would be awesome for fans. So we could do it because in the Big Ten – They've got Minneapolis has indoor, Indianapolis, uh, Detroit. Uh, there might be others that I can't uh, – I don't know if you know, Chicago's outdoors. So, anyway, there's these opportunities to play. Run out Jerry Dome down there in Dallas, have, have a football game. So, I mean, it'd be pretty cool. I know you said you think we're going to be able to make a spring season work. Do you think there will be fans in the stands? Yes. Okay, so you think that's possible. Yeah, and let's hope high, high school's doing it right now in Nebraska. And uh, so. Um, but it's just immediate family, right? Well, that, but I, I know there's a football game going on. They're going to let, depending on where you go, they allow more people. But the fact that that's going on in high school, um, there was club tournaments this summer. The fa fans were sitting there in the bleachers like normal. So as long as we keep proving we can do that, I think it enhances our opportunity to have fans. But I, I can just tell you, with the reactions of Bill Moose and our, our administration, Nebraska will push the envelope on what we can do. You know, one thing I've learned, or just watching, Lauren, is I feel like people in the Midwest, and I'm plugging the Midwest here, and this is why we want to live in the Midwest, and raise you and your brother in the Midwest and be at Nebraska. I just think people in the Midwest tend to follow instructions and do the right thing you know, and they think about other people than just themselves. And I just the horror stories I hear going on in other places and other parts of the country 
blows my mind. So I'm plugging the Midwest right now and our fans and the, you know, communities that we live in are giving us our best chance to get back to normal. There truly is no place like Nebraska. Yep. As cheesy as that saying is. Okay, <laughs> last question before we get to your favorite uh, of lessons and confessions. Abby Johnson, we saw she went into the transfer portal. Can you touch on anything there? She was a fret or she was a freshman. She was on campus. I know went through some workouts. I don't know if she went through any practices. And then we saw earlier this month she entered the transfer portal. Yeah, so I'll I'll call her the COVID case. This is a, a collateral damage from COVID. So Abby was going to walk on our program. We went through the recruiting process with her. You know, she she comes from a small town in Illinois. And she's way behind. Okay. So one COVID knocked her out of club. So she was going to play on a nice club team in really good competition. She needed that year to, to develop. That was taken away. She also, what I loved about Abby is her parents aren't helping her go to college. She has to pay her way. She turned down scholarships to come to Nebraska and she was working three jobs to help save money to come to Nebraska. Well, COVID took all that away. So now you've got somebody who hasn't played club and doesn't have the money. So she kind of indicated like, you know, I can't, unless I can get a scholarship, I can't, I'm going to have to probably leave Nebraska. And so we said, okay, then your best time is right now. Don't wait until spring because who the heck knows what's going to happen. So she went in the portal had all kinds of attention, and she's ended up going to get a full scholarship. Uh, she's going to Bradley University, where actually Amber Ralston right now is the director of ops there. So we've got a little Nebraska connection there to help her fit in. And she's already living there. They're starting practice, and it worked out great for her. So I call her, you know, this is one of the fallouts from the COVID, COVID situation. There's been a lot of fallout but there's one that impacts the recruit. And uh, so anyway, it worked out really has worked out great for her and, and she'll be close to home like she was here and she'll have a chance to play sooner there. And again, what we, what I've learned is, and this is why I admire Laura, uh, Lauren and Lexi so much. You have to be a super motivated player and you have to have great personal discipline to go through this COVID and maintain your conditioning and stay in shape. And what I saw, these high school kids that came in, our freshman group that came in, Abby being one of them, well, they, had, they haven't done anything for months, you know, and it really showed. So they were really way behind, you know. So for somebody that's coming already behind because of where they're from and their high school and club situation, that really impacted that even further. So it almost like set her back a year and uh, now our freshmen are slowly catching up, but they were, they were way, way behind, farther than any freshman class I've ever seen. But they'll get there. Yeah, they'll get there. And Brian, Brian our strength coach, will get them there. But Brian's it's just, a man. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, it's just, it's hard in the COVID situation. Right. You know, it takes a really mature, motivated person to, to stay on top of it. Hopefully within the next few months, COVID will just disappear. You can have a full spring season. And we get to watch all this amazing, all these amazing players play for Nebraska. Yeah. So that's what we're hoping for. Okay. All right. Do you have a lesson and a confession? You're not doing yours first because now I have to think about it. Well, I, you know, I thought for year two, we'd, we'd switch it up and you could go first. Oh, 
But uh, I can still go first if you need time to think. Yeah, I hate this. This is like the worst part. I know. I don't know why you hate it. Well, uh, fun. let's see. So, <laughs> you want me to go first? Hopefully they can edit this out while I have to think through this. But No, this is the reason why we do this podcast is so it shows that, you know, you always don't have the answers. Sometimes you struggle to, to <laughs> say what you want to say. Let's see. <laughs> you go ahead. Okay. So my lesson is, I, and I think this is very applicable with our current situation, but life's greatest lessons are usually learned at the worst times. Oh, wow. That was yeah. a good one. Yeah. Okay. Then my confession, this has to do with you. You've obviously heard this story because you were there, but uh, Taylor, my brother, who's a few years younger than I am, Coach Cook and I went to his hockey practice. This was back when you were coaching at Wisconsin. We were living in Madison. Um, and the hockey rink, if anyone's seen a hockey rink, which everyone should know what hockey is, because that's really the only sport on right now. You know, there's the wooden or plastic kind of barrier around the rink. And then there's like a clear plastic above that. So normally, so it's so the puck doesn't get out. Well, the big clear barrier wasn't on top of the wood or the plastic bottom. So it was probably what would you say, like four or five feet high? Probably, no, it's probably three and a half feet. Okay, three and a half feet high. So Taylor was down at the other end of the ice rink. They were doing some drills. So I asked you to put me onto that, to pick me up, put me over onto the ice. I think I was about eight or nine years old. And I was just standing on the ice, moving my feet around, holding onto the side. Well, then I hear skaters coming down to the end that you and I were on. And I was trying to, I think you were talking to someone. I was trying to get out of the ice rink because I didn't want to be in the way. And here comes Taylor as I'm, you know, trying to swing my leg over to get back onto the side without the ice. Taylor checks me into the boards, as they say in hockey, because you always, I swear, every time we, he had hockey practice or a game, you would always tell him, like, you got to check people into the boards. you got to be physical. So he hit me and... I toppled over, fell straight on my face, ended up breaking my nose. But at the time, mom wasn't there. So it was just you. So you picked me up. Blood's everywhere. I'm pretty sure I was concussed too. All these moms are staring at you. You take me into the men's restroom, stuff my nose with paper towels, and then put me in the car and said, you know, you'll be fine. Just wait here till practice is over. And and then we'll go home and see what mom thinks. And if you need to go to the doctor, we'll take you to the doctor. Yeah. So resiliency training or something like that. Absolutely. Resiliency training. training. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure you were judged by every mom at hockey practice that night. But uh, no question I was. <laughs> I was fine. I ended up breaking my nose. We had surgery. It's fixed now. Yeah. I like my Beautiful. nose. Beautiful, Lauren. Yeah. <laughs> That's my okay, confession. so here's my confession is that you have this so wrapped in my head right now that sometimes when I'm having conversations with my players or coaching staff or I'm on a Zoom call or something, I want to say this. I want to say, okay, I have a confession for you. <laughs> I'm going to confess to this. So that's always running through my head. I never do it, but it's like, okay, maybe I should just do a confession right now. You should. I, the girls would love it. I, I actually think I did it in one of our meetings. I'll, I'll confess to this. So, so anyway, that, 
it's messing with my mind. Beautiful. And then uh, what are we doing? Lessons learned? Yeah, just a lesson. Yeah, I, I just, uh, I think the, the, the biggest lesson that, um, that I think it's already talked about was it's really hard to stay motivated through COVID. And, and I think another lesson is our players, I, I think this is for everybody, if you're trying to work at something and you're trying to get better at something, it's a lot better to do it with people than by yourself. You're going to run faster, jump higher, work harder when you got people working with you. And as opposed to if you're just trying to go out there and do it by yourself. I mean, I think it takes, you know, maybe a golfer or somebody can go do that, but in a team sport like volleyball, I think a lesson learned is, you know, it's a social game, it's connection, it's working together. And that's what's been so hard about this COVID thing. And I've seen, like I said, I've been bragging about Lauren and Lexi, you know, but we've had other players that really struggled with that, you know, got way behind in their training. Now, again, we're trying to make it up. But, and then the other thing, Lauren, I think lesson learned is uh, I listened to your podcast with Dr. Whitman on the Performance Mountain. And I heard some things in there about when you were playing for me and Nebraska volleyball and some of your stories are a little different than what I remember. So I learned quite a bit on that. And I would encourage everybody maybe uh, take, take it. You did a great job, but I'm not saying that different? stuff. How are they different? I don't want to go into it right now, but I'm like, whoa, I, I remember that completely different. <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't always believe everything we hear on a podcast. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Here's, you're delusional. You, you never remember anything. I know. But yeah, some good times. So anyway, it was it was interesting to hear all that. Oh jeez. Okay, well we'll end it there. I've taken up enough of your time today. <laughs> You're all starting right, to lose it. Okay, well thank you so much for watching, tuning in, and we'll see everyone next month with a surprise guest. Okay. Thanks, Laura. Thank you. Go big red. Conversation with the Cooks is presented by Husker Sports, featuring Nebraska volleyball coach John Cook and former All-American Lauren Cook. Project manager is Michael Zorb. Edited by Josh Hilkeman. Sound design by Brett Whitty. Voiceover by Mike Elliott. Cover art provided by Sam Noonan. To find other Husker Sports podcasts, subscribe to the Husker Sports Network wherever you listen to podcasts or listen and find out more at huskers.com slash podcasts.